Good day to you, sir. This is the Night Shift Football Podcast. We're here in the middle of the night to ramble on about some football again, because uh, that's all we do. Uh, what do we got? We got some some Sam Kerr. We got some Adelaide. We got some Scotland. We got some Germany. Some English top flight first division football. We've got uh, some France. We've got some Italy. A bit of everything. Uh, Tommy, how are you doing this week? Where would you like to start? I'm doing wonderfully. A uh, little bit tired. A little bit uh, bleary-eyed from, from the Leeds game overnight. Um, did have to issue an apology to my housemates this morning. May got a little bit loud. Um, but outside of that, there was a big game overnight. Wembley Cup Final. Wembley Cup Final. You'd be referring to the Women's FA Cup Final, of course, in which there were four Aussies taking part. We should Count note. them. Jesus, uh, one, two, yeah. three, four. Well, Arsenal had uh, Caitlin Ford, Steph Catley and Lydia Williams out there. And Chelsea, of course, had the one and only Sam Kerr, who scored a double and was given player of the match in a 3-0 win to Chelsea. She is Australia's biggest sports star, I would say. Yep, bar none, bar none. It's, it's great to see all, um, all the professional women in Australia getting all the kudos they deserve as well. You think about... Um, it's, it's weird, actually, that Lydia Williams can't get a gig for the national team at the moment, given that she's <clears throat> playing for one of the better teams in England. Um, just Sam Kerr. Well, there's nothing left to say about this woman. She's just a genuine superstar. Top, top three in the world, as voted. Uh, Bull and Door, I know you love, I know you love that <laughs> ranking. Yeah. <laughs> and, but her, the, the chip, the first goal was just, her first goal was just so delicate yeah. and... Uh, just out of this world she did you know miss some chances but fuck. yeah she did um she spoke about that post game in an interview she talked about missing a lot of chances and then just trying to keep her head up and just keep going because she backs herself to just score one eventually and she did and mm. like she spoke about how chelsea just had a solid defense as well that are able to anytime arsenal did actually do something they had a defense good enough to stop them it's a i believe this is a treble a domestic treble now is it Chelsea? Yeah, and okay. they are still in the Champions League, so they've got Champions League this week, and Sam Kerr will be a massive part of that, no doubt. Definitely. Do you know who they've got? Is it Barcelona? I don't have a clue. No. Yeah. Good. More more research that I should have yeah. done before I fired a question at you. Um, poor girl in the post match press conference was freezing. Someone give her a jacket. Yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> uh, no jackets at Chelsea, but um, you yeah, can't, just you can't obscure the medal. Yeah, you want the medal out, but you don't want to be freezing your ass off either, but. Um, very good. She spoke about all the support she gets from Australia that she still gets over there. And they seem to love her as well over in the UK. They do. I just, I love that she refers to herself as one of the great players. Like she said it in that post-match conference. Um, you know, you do miss chances, like you said, but the great players continue, they go on. And like, it's massive for her to believe in herself in that way that she can refer yeah, yeah. to herself like that. Yeah. I don't know if she's so strictly saying that she is a great player, but she's mm-hmm. saying... It's that mentality That's you need to do, have. Yeah. If I like, I guess if you want to be a great player, you need to do that. Um, and she does that, so she should be calling herself a great player. Hell yeah! Yep, go yeah. on, Sammy. Take us to a World Cup next year. Oh, yeah. the, uh, year after, I should say. We're almost at the end of the year. Sometime, sometime, <laughs> um, sometime. Oh, actually, while we're talking about the women's quick, um, yeah, the allocation of uh, games for the women's World Cup was announced last week. And look, I didn't expect Adelaide to get quarterfinals or semis or anything like that, but to not even get around a 16 game, come on. That's a bit harsh. Are there, are there 32 teams? Oh, is that what it is? I, I, I thought they qualified. Is there around 16? I think there is because I think don't 16 go through or does eight go through? That could be why. Well, it depends how many groups there are and how many teams are in it. I don't know how many teams are in the Women's World Cup. Have they even announced how many teams there are? Because they continue Probably. to expand just, every We're just every shit edition. Googling things. <laughs> every edition they expand it. Uh, but there was a good article in the Sydney Morning Herald about why Melbourne didn't get any games beyond uh, the group stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's definitely worth a read. Uh, it's basically a, it's an AFL pot shot. For 300 words, which is really cool. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm all for that at this stage. A bit of fight back in the media. Football media yeah. fight back. Yeah, That's what we're to. here for. Yeah, L- loosely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're loosely. here for. But it is, um, it is amazing that Melbourne can call itself 
the sporting capital of Australia, if not the world, when they allow one code to dominate uh, proceedings as much as they do. You may have to shirk that tag eventually if you're going to let the AFL decide what sports yeah. can and can't be played at what time. I think if you're, if you're from Melbourne, they would argue that uh, the Australian Open, uh, Formula One, things like that, mm. they count them towards their, their sporting, their boxing day test, things like that. Yeah, whatever. Conveniently all held in the AFL offseason. Mm-hmm. Mm, I wonder. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about our Reds? Our Adelaide Reds. United? Go Adelaide. Invincible season, Sammy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we said at the start of the season, we would be happy to come through the, the first four games with three points. But we, I believe we'd predicted we'd lose the first two and maybe get a result against Brisbane. Maybe. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's how we've got somewhat of a result against Brisbane, a nil all draw. So we remain undefeated, but we also remain winless with three draws. Did you catch this one? I missed the first half uh, work commitments. Fuck sake. But no, saw the second, which was great after Paramount started to work. Mm-hmm. Stuck on the loading screen for a while there, which was nice. Yeah. Um, oh, my brother sent me a, a screenshot. He was midway through the game and a pop up came up and asked him, Are you still watching this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard a few people have got that. I know someone that popped up Unreal. 70 minutes in. They got a pop-up saying, are you still watching this? Like, well, your football game goes for 90 minutes. So, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm definitely watching this. Oh like, it's not finished. This is a live stream and it's not finished. So, fuck off. Um, but, yeah, just more dirty at Paramount, I think, because I was unable to yeah. pause and rewind during the game to see all the contentious moments. <laughs> yeah. I only really had one look at them all. Uh, the is, second half was full of them, weren't they? Yeah, at risk of teeing off on Paramount again. Like, can they hurry up and just fix that? Surely yeah. we can, in 2021, any platform that live streams, surely you can pause it that, and, it should, and rewind and stuff. Man. Like, oh, my yeah. God, terrible. But How did not even think of that? Also terrible was the football. The first half, which you said you missed because you were working, that uh, you didn't miss anything. Absolutely horrible. Terrible half football from both sides. Um, I think, I believe Luke Wilkshire at halftime on the coverage called it the worst half of A-League ever. Which, but I believe rough. I believe what Wilkshire may have meant was the worst half of A-League he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Which Come would on. give me like very slim pickings from the first three rounds this season. That's all. Yeah. In which, that's... In which it may be the worst half of football this season. But mm-hmm. yeah, I could agree with that. He's been praised a lot online for his analysis, and uh, I don't see it as yet. No. Um, but the second half, much better. Adelaide, I feel like we created enough chances to win the game. Just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, basically, we said it last week. We are missing an attacking thrust. There's no cutting edge. Um, you know, it's big shoes for Yankee to fill. Uh, not any previous players because we've never really had a striker that scores 10 plus goals a season um, other than Bruce or SVD. But, you know, it, he doesn't look like he's going to do it this season, unfortunately. Um, he missed, was it, uh, was it Yangi that butchered that chance that Mo put on a plate for him late in the game? Uh, like, oh, it might've been, I can't remember, but yeah. Um, so, oh, such a golden opportunity. By six o'clock on a Saturday, I had had a few, but <laughs> I think um, commiserating the punt. <laughs> we still missed the same thing we said kind of last season. We were hoping to recruit was a a big name number ten. Yeah, we're crying out for one right now. There's no yeah. one to link the midfield to attack. Um, and if we're not going to sign one, then Kyle has to do something different. And I think maybe two up front is a decent option if we play Yangi and Mo. Sacrifice one out of midfield. Um, or, you know, really change it up, go three at the back, play with wing backs, overload, play two up top. Like, it, love we to have to it. do something different. Um, you don't see a lot of it in the A League, the three at the back, because everyone's coming out of this, uh, the FFA coaching textbook of 4 3 3, which <laughs> yeah. we all have to play, apparently, because that's how you play football. Everyone has to try and emulate the Barca way or the Dutch, whatever. Like, just shove it. Um, yep. Yeah, I'd love to see maybe take on a three at the back or something, just work something, do something different. Uh, probably it's not the the draws that are concerning. It's the lack of goals and chances. Yeah, just, yeah, just generally watching a, a disjointed team try and attack a lot of the time. It's Unless Halloran's doing something 
um, off his own back, just yeah. creative or drifting inside. We've got, you know, Mork who works hard, but isn't that guy that's going to, you know, cut the ball like, like Messi's assist uh, last week for PSG on the edge of the box. Like that's what we need. Izzy plays too deep. So we need to change that somehow. Yeah. He's our most creative player on the ball. And so we need him on the ball in more forward areas or we need a different style to a genuine, involve him. A genuine 10. Mm, a genuine. Probably. We're not going to get yeah. it. It's not No, we're happen. not now. Um, I think maybe uh, we can cut some slack once Goodwin starts games. Yeah. When he's regularly so. starting um, rather than Kiddo on the left wing. I think that might help as well. Um, it also just lift people around him, I think. So a bit of quality there like that. Um, yeah. What did you think of the... Uh, was that Milanaric at the back who maybe should have been sent off for putting his hands on uh, Steph Mork's throat? <laughs> uh, yeah, not too, I don't know, not you too don't bothered, bothered by it. Nah, not. <clears throat> well, he definitely not, should have. I'm caught. not ropeable about it. No, no, neither am I. We know Mork's shithousery. Um, yeah, yeah. A little, little bit. A little bit I'd upsetting probably, to see him get I'd booked, probably want but... to strangle Mork. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> if you Put played against set. Mork, you would want to strangle him, wouldn't you? For sure. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. yeah, he loves the shit house. Uh, but then he definitely should have been sent off for the tug back on Yengi when he was through on goal. 10, yeah, not even five to ten minutes later. Like, how is that not a second yellow? Yeah, <laughs> in what the, world, man? And what are VAR doing? The officiating in the A League is up there with some of the worst. I'd say it's not as bad as Scotland's. Uh, Scotland's officiating and refereeing is just like one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like it's <laughs> like worse than Sassel, worse than the amateur league, worse than like, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not rigged either. It's just 100% shit. That's just crap. Yeah. <laughs> the same here. It's just crap. Even um, um, Sydney FC CEO teed off on, on Twitter about it saying just yeah. how horrendous the officiating is. A guy that also moonlights as the managing director of the A-League. So potential conflict of interest there. <laughs> yeah. This is a different rabbit hole, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> if we can stick it back with the Adelaide game, um, one decision I think that they probably did get correct was Javi Lopez's red card. He you looked think? like he basically had a sign on him saying, Give me a red card because I won't Send shut the fuck off. up. Send me <laughs> off. Send me off because I'm not going to shut up until you do. I, just, I reckon it speaks more about beef than Yavi in that situation because the guy doesn't want to send players off for footballing incidences, but. As soon as you give him a gobful, you're gone. Like, yeah, I mean, what a pet. Uh, I know he shouldn't do it. Okay, so Jesus, what a he, petty, petulant man. I don't know. Nah, I disagree because he doesn't get a yellow for the tackle, does he? No, I think he does. I think he gets booked for the challenge he, and then gets booked for descent. Does he not get the first yellow because he's ranting at him and then just keeps going? I'm not sure. I'd, either I'd way, I have to see the rest report. Either way, sure. it's like it's not like a quick gobble. It's he is he keeps going and going and going <laughs> and going. Some say Lopez is still going. He's still going. Him and he's, he's still chasing Karim. Yeah, <laughs> shouting um, at him. <laughs> no, I have no problems with that being a red card. I hate Chris Beef as a referee. I think he's shit. But and he's a real. He's got this real arrogant smugness about him on the field. We're getting into defamation territory here, but yeah, we have um, to be careful. <laughs> But he's um, but yeah, I don't have a problem with him doing that. It's just like real stupidity from someone like Lopez, who yeah, we are gonna massively miss next week, I think. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, and who is such an experienced player with like 300 La Liga games and he getting sent off for stuff like this just really kills you. There's a a couple points to that. Uh, This may force Carl's hand, He, he probably has to start Goodwin now, and Kiddo plays. Left back and Carvalho plays right back, I think. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I'm not sure. Given that we don't have Noah Smith anymore, I don't know who comes in for cover, uh, nor do we have Moroni. So I'd, unless one of the young players step in, but that's that's a cauldron to throw him in against victory. Um, yeah. But also, uh, maybe there was, there's a lot of, there was a lot of tweets during the game just about the relentless nature of Ross and Carl's antics on the sidelines, just how much they're berating the fourth official, the referee, Maybe that kind of thing is rubbing off onto the players and they're feeling a little bit yeah. more encouraged to give the ref a godfall because it's coming from the bench. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Um, yeah, obviously we don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. I know sometimes you just... 
I guess if you see your coach teeing off nonstop at the referees, you're going to feel you feel like he's going to be in your corner if you do something like this. But yeah, exactly. I'm not sure Carl will be in Lopez's corner over this one. Maybe no. publicly, but behind closed doors, no way. Yeah. Oh, mate, right at the end of the game, there's just no need yeah. for it. There's no need for it. Uh, the end of a frustrating day, a frustrating point, but a point nonetheless. Um, a point on the road, I'll take it. Yeah. So we have Melbourne victory this weekend coming up. Mm. Um, they are we are we in been, danger of going Norton four to begin the season? We question. are in danger of it. However, Melbourne victory who have very much impressed me early on this season got absolutely obliterated at home. <laughs> yes, they did three <laughs> 0 over the weekend. Um, Love to see it by Perth Glory, who you also hate though. So. Yeah, how do you, how do you le- feel? How do you really lesser, feel? Le- it's a lesser of two evils situation. I would prefer to have seen Perth stay bottom without a win, but uh, yeah. you know, fine. Hey, if you're going to go away to victory and win three nil, uh, you probably deserve it. I'd say it was funny because during the week someone posted uh, the victory banter era died uh, 2019 2021, but no, it's still here. <laughs> it runs on. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, it ran on a little. Um, they turned it on Perth in this game. They scored three cracking goals. Uh, they were helped out by a red card to victory, which was probably their high foot, kick someone in the head. It's just, you're always yeah. going to go. Actually makes contact. Care- just carelessness. He's not, uh, he's not trying to kick anyone in the head, but it's just, if you raise your boot like that, you are putting yourself at the mercy of the referee. Oh, the referee, yeah. Uh, well, at the VAR, because I think this was, over- this was overturned in the, uh, well, in true, the bunker. Yeah in the studio, yeah. which led to a lot of calls from uh, media types, Robbie Cornthway, Lou Sticker, my favorite Nuffy, um, Ray Gat, all of them now, all of a sudden wondering, is the VAR killing the A-League? <laughs> little Look. bit late to the party, I think, lads. Um, Robbie's, Robbie's point was that there was no intent, but you're, when your boot is that high, I don't think you can argue about intent. I, I, I yeah, no, it it's... Um... It's one of those like, yeah, he's, the guy has no intention of kicking someone in the head, but you have to, you have a duty of care as a player as well to be careful about what you're doing. You can't just raise your boot like that and hope like, you know, hope you don't collect someone. If you do collect someone who's going in to win the ball with their head, uh, it's on you. It's on you for it's raising your boot. So it's, it's unlucky, but it is a red. So yeah. see and- you later. Definitely changed the game. Uh, the Bruno Fornaroli goal. What a banger. <laughs> yeah. It must be written in his contract, his new deal, that you must only, only score long-range bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how I'd love to have a Bruno at Adelaide right now. <laughs> we would kill for a Bruno. Um, I, any number of players we would probably kill for at the moment. We'd kill mm. for a, some solid defenders as well, even though our defense has been okay, but yeah, just... It's- Defense has been okay. Given I worry. I worry when we come up against uh, some sides as they start hitting some form a few games in. A lot of the sides early on pretty rusty at the moment. We saw City kind of took us apart at times, and we were lucky yeah, to get did. back in that. So yeah, we'll did. see how we go. Melbourne victory this week should be good. Should be packed, I think, because uh, we're we're missing a grandstand. So yeah, not sure what the sellout figure would be now. Up around twelve thousand, perhaps a little bit under. Uh, there was potentially, yeah. There was seven nine at the game last weekend, and it didn't feel full at no. all, really. Like, yeah, it didn't look very full either. Mm. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, but we'll be out there. Um, keen for that. We'll get down we'll early. Be. We'll have some drinks. Get into High Marsh. Top row bandits. Get Can't wait. It. Get around it. Yeah. Up you, your first up. game of the season. You'll My first game of the season. Yeah, because I missed the first one. Um, yeah. Can't wait. Pumped. Got my season ticket in the mail. We're ready to go. Yeah. We're ready to got, go. your coral, got your coral shirt on order. Here we go. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> it would look great on you, man. You know what? <laughs> it does look better in person. Now that I've seen yeah. the players wear it in a game, I, it's mm. grown on me. But there's no way I could wear something like that. There was a few of them in the stands. People are taking the risk. They're good on them. Not for me. <laughs> I couldn't. This white skin coming out of those armholes <laughs> and like the coral colored shaping around my gut hanging out um, <laughs> i don't think anyone wants to see it i'm gonna i'm getting you one for christmas now and you can't not wear it because it's a gift i won't wear it i won't wear it <laughs> hey i ordered myself i ordered myself uh we're off topic now but it's our pod we'll do what we want i 
I ordered myself uh, one of the red Adelaide Giants baseball shirts, the button ups. Oh, They're cool. Really, the button ups. The yeah. loose fitting uh, button up uh, shirts. They're real comfortable. They look really comfortable. Um, yeah. Get your red on. It'll look good. All right. Anyway, back to some actual football. Uh, we're going to take it across to Germany because uh, there was a De Classica on the weekend, which of course is FC Bayern München versus Borussia Dortmund. Um, it was in Dortmund this week. Three-two uh, result to Bayern. Heaps of controversy. Unreal, unreal game. Just a brilliant game from the outset. Like easily the two best teams in this league going at it. Um, Dortmund scoring the early goal, <clears throat> I think, opened the game up. That's what brought it to life. Um, yep. Beautiful goal too. I mean, how good is Bellingham? Two, like two gorgeous, two gorgeous assists. Um, yep. So good that they should almost be criminal. I'd say. <clears throat> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, where am I? Uh, Julian Brandt's goal. Is that Julian Brandt? Is that Julian Brandt, yeah, scored the first yeah. for Dortmund. Uh, he's he's a star. I really like that guy. He's struggled for some form and struggled for like holding a consistent spot in the team because sometimes he's ba- he's often battling it out with... Uh, who's usually on the... Uh, Thorgan Hazard. Yep. And they're both players that on their and- day are just awesome but sometimes mm-hmm. a bit go go a bit missing but julian brant's a star good goal and then matt hummels who had a bit of a mare yeah. in this game really. really he had a nightmare poor. messes up Lewandowski gets through um tucks it away he doesn't miss no you're not going to miss from that situation messes up twice in that incident really yeah because uh, he probably should have had the strength to cover muller who just disposes him so easily um, he was it was rough for him in that first half. He couldn't do anything right, even just getting in the way of clearances as well, which led to I think the the second goal for for Munchen. So yeah, poor guy. When when you're not when it's not your day, it's not your day, is it? Yeah, there was uh it was a bit of a calamity. There was a a lot of back and forth, up and down. Both teams having lots of chances at either end. Eventually, Bayern getting a somewhat controversial penalty to win it. We'll talk about him in a minute, but in a minute, but there was two penalty calls. There was uh, one was not given to Dortmund at two all mm. uh, for a challenge on Marco Royce in the box. Mm-hmm. And then one at the other end, I believe it was given a, was it Hummels? It was a, no, yeah, it was, it was a Hummels who yeah. <laughs> doesn't even know where the ball is. And it's kind of, it's hit his arm, which is kind of, it's like up against somebody already. Up against Bellingham, yeah. It's up against Bellingham, and he can't even see the ball, and it's hit his arm. And VAR has uh, told the ref to come over and look at it, and he's given a penalty, and it's sparked all sorts of controversy on the internet. And Bellingham's been in the spotlight for his comments about it. But firstly, what do you make of the first penalty, non-decision, uh, and I then thought, the second one? I thought the non-decision was a penalty. Uh, I saw Leeds. Uh, we're given a similar one against Wolves this season where <clears throat> as, as soon as the player starts gliding past the defender, the very last thing you should be doing is putting your arms around him or, you know, trying to put your shoulder through their open chest. Basically this, I mean, this one's in two actions. Initially the defender grabs him over the shoulder and then puts his shoulder through him. Once he's going around him, it looks like a pretty clear cut penalty to me. I'm not sure how you can't give it. The commentator was bemused. He had no idea. Yeah, it's one of those. I think it would be important to make differentiation here when we, because we'll get to the Arsenal Man U game from last week and talk about the Fred incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, Royce is clearly playing at the ball. He's running at the ball, and the challenge kind of comes in from behind. So it's in his back, just knocks him straight down. I think it's probably a penalty. Uh, the second one, what do you think? No. Uh... It's yes, it's handball. Um, I don't what know. Is if handball? Yeah, that's exactly it. Are we factoring in intent? Is it handball if you're falling through a pack of players trying yeah. to win a header? Like it looks like he's putting his arm out to stop himself from headbutting Bellingham. And we yeah, already saw, yeah. yeah, we already saw a head clash earlier in the game that stopped it for 10 minutes. Well, Julian Brandt got knocked out and gave away the foul. Gave away a foul. Yeah. <laughs> The most bizarre call yeah. I think you could probably amount from that. That sucked the life out of the game a little bit. And then to have the two controversies at the end, 
<clears throat> to call one and not call the other is pretty wild given the yeah. circumstance. <laughs> yeah, it is. That was a first for second. There was like a point in it in the table. Um, Lewandowski, of course, tucked away the penalty. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't have a, I don't know if I have a problem with the handball one being given, if the other mm-hmm. one is. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that one of them is given, one of them isn't. Just really bizarre to me. And then obviously we have this mess after the game with our dude Bellingham uh, <laughs> referring to this referee. So this referee was found guilty of match fixing some time ago where he accepted yeah, like, like a 2004 it was, it was yeah a long time ago. he accepted like a 300 it was like a 300 euro bribe for something <laughs> yeah, i feel like nothing. i feel like a 300 euro bribe at a professional <laughs> level of football is not enough money to make you fix a match no like, i thought the mafia it... had more money than this why, why would you do it <laughs> well maybe times are tough for the german mafia i don't know maybe, t- maybe it's tough yeah, and they're running on um, the seat of their pants. But yeah, they their skin, <laughs> the skin. Yeah, he took this bribe. He got done. He found guilty, and then Bellingham talked about it post game and said, "This guy has been done for match fixing before. Why would you give him a game like this?" And look what happened. Pretty mm. um, accusing comments from Jude Bellingham. Should you be banned from refereeing if you are found to be guilty of match fixing once? <laughs> Probably, probably right. But I, yeah. I don't know. I like to give. I don't know. I'm pretty forgiving. <laughs> I like yeah. to give people a chance to, you know, bounce back. This it did it look. It's harder to rig or fix a game now, given that we have VAR, and so unless the VAR bunker was in on it as well. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't look. I don't think there's any way he's fixed this game. Um, no, no, at all. Rigged or shit. I it's don't more think it's just rigged. rigged or shit. <laughs> I think it's just shit. <laughs> Even That's though this is, should have asked. Even though of all the rigged or shit nominations we've had, this referees is the most uh we've got the most compelling evidence of rigged. Mm, it doesn't look true. good for him. It doesn't look true. good for him. But no, I think I don't think there's any way he's taking the chance to rig a game again and on the De Classica stage of all things. Of all games. First yeah. v second in the Bundesliga when the footballing world is watching. Um but yeah, Bellingham, uh, what do you think? Like uh He's in trouble, I think. Is it? I um, I don't know how strict their defamation law is over there. Given that he has been charged, um, I know in Australia it, that wouldn't be classified as defamatory because it is based on fact. Like yep. it is a fact. He has match fixed the game before. It's an insinuation that he's done it again, but he hasn't. It's pretty accusing. It is pretty accusing, but he and it's a major accusation. It. He doesn't say it in that way. He doesn't come out and say, oh, mm. you." I, I think there would be a way to argue around this. Maybe. Uh, he shouldn't, shouldn't be saying it, though. Jesus. That's it's very not, much, it's very much a, uh, this guy's rigged a game before, and then you put him in charge of this game, and look what's happened. Mm. And it's, yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I think um, he's been issued with some sort of criminal notice for defamation, but that, to me, is a bit over the top. I'm sure he's a young kid. He did something very stupid in the heat of the moment. I share his frustrations because I hate losing and hate losing to Bayern even more. Um, but to say those things, I think a decent, a hefty fine, a hefty fine, I think, and a bit of a suspension is probably enough. Yeah, would you suspend him from playing? I think in the he, club or the league? Uh the league, I think he should probably miss a few games. Okay. Yeah. Just it's it just um it sets a bad precedent, you know. Um, in a world where the referees get a lot of attention, um, and they get do get a lot of decisions wrong, but imagine a world where the post game is just both teams teeing off on the referee without <laughs> consequence. Yeah. Rather than Rather than focusing on, oh, my striker did this shit thing and Mr. Chansey should have scored or my defender my setback, had a stinger. Yeah. We, weren't, we weren't good enough to win this game today, but now I'm going to pick apart this, this referee's decision. Uh, that's not a football world I want to live in, I don't think. so. Yep. No, nope, that's an astute point. Yeah, we shouldn't let it get to that point. <laughs> uh, poor Jude. Maybe just ban him from the, from the press conference after the game. Don't, don't stick a mic in front of his face anymore. Well, they're going to now, aren't they? They are gonna, yeah. They're gonna bait him they're, too. They're gonna go know, after so him. They're gonna go the after him. The first question he gets: What do you think of this refereeing performance, yeah. dude? No, it was great. <laughs> it Excellent. was great. 
<laughs> We're going to have a beer after the game. <laughs> All right. Should we move across to some English first division football? Yeah. Speaking of refereeing yeah. decisions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. There was a, there was a couple this in this one. This could get interesting. Uh, so we're just going to touch on two games from last week, the midweek games. Uh, there was the the big Man United Arsenal game at Old Trafford. There was a lot of focus on that, and also the Merseyside derby. We'll start with the game at Old Trafford. Uh, what are you? Three two, three two. Man United. Ronaldo double. Fred turning it on after the worst first half in history with the a brilliant <laughs> second half. Arsenal patches of dominance, but could not. They seem to. They dominated the first. Well, however long until they scored. Then they scored, sat back, lost control of the game. And from there, it was always going to be tough. Yeah, a bit of, bit of a soft underbelly with Arsenal at times when they play in these big games. If they do find themselves in the lead, more often than not, they're going to throw it away. Um, they were pretty simple goals, the first two as well, that they conceded. Yep. Just not great marking, zonally trying to block passes that they were just out of position and disjointed. And twice they got found out. Um, pretty decent goal, I thought. Finance and Ronaldo doing what Ronaldo does. Johnny on yep. the spot. There's, there was a, I can't remember the exact number, but a ridiculous stat where like 80, 80% or, or more of Ronaldo's goals have been scored inside the box, which is, I mean, it speaks volumes of his positioning, his movement, just how canny he is in the box. And yeah, it can't, you know, he's played at a few clubs now and it can't just always be great delivery every time. Like this guy knows where the ball is going yep. to drop in the box and you know we we give Ronaldo a bit of slack on here <clears throat> just given the way that he disjointed the United team under Oli but there's a good performance from him and he definitely lifted the team to that you know that one in three where he wins the game uh, uh, on yeah. his own boot which he does he can do it yeah uh, it's just uh, one of those well, players the half chances <clears throat> half chances in the box turn into goals with him so what did you make of the uh, Arsenal first goal is it a good hit for not starters a to, not a lot to make is there um, I thought this was going to be riddled with like controversy and that like the internet was going to go nuts over this, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised and rightfully, mm. rightfully people Vindicated. aren't outraged by this goal because they shouldn't be. Uh, it's a clear, it has to be a goal. There's no way this should not be a goal. Again, it sets that precedence thing that you were talking about where if, you know, the game is stopped whenever a goalkeeper hits the deck for whatever reason, uh, they're just going to do it all the time. Yeah, They already do that annoying thing where if the ball's in the air, they'll jump up, claim it, and then drop on onto the ball, basically, yeah. just to soak up some seconds. Even that I don't enjoy. So imagine yep. we entered a world where goalkeepers were dropping like flies to stop chances. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see it enough, I think, um, with defenders. Like, <clears throat> oh yeah, if you're defending a 1-0 lead and a cross comes in, because whenever the ball's hit into the box from a corner or a set piece, there's always a bunch of people jumping at it. And there is always a, there's a chance, most of the time, your body somewhere, your shoulders or your arm or something is making slight contact with someone else. Uh, and it's just too easy. Players just land. And if they don't think they've got enough purchase on the header or something, or even if they do clear it with the header, it's just too easy for them to just go down and just relieve the pressure. You just go down in the box and everyone expects the game to stop. Yeah, um, soak up another minute. Yeah, but I don't know what the answer is to stopping it because you can't, you can't presume to know how injured someone is or not. Mm. Um, and if you said we're only like take away the putting the ball out and the referee stopping the game, just simply only for head injuries, players will just hold their head whether it's injured or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you see a little bit of that now, even. Yeah, and it's just a very, very frustrating part of the game now. It's just the way people want to. I guess the game's reached this point where people will coach it and players will do whatever it takes to win, whether yeah, it's... exactly There's no rules against it, but it's not the most sporting. And it's very frustrating as a spectacle if you're watching the game. Particularly, I watch a lot of games as a neutral. And mm. when one team's defending a lead and it's getting late in the game, they'll just someone will just go down in the box after winning a header or losing a header and just like, oh, no, I'm down because they landed, they just go down. It's that easy to just go down. Yeah. And the game will be stopped and you relieve the pressure and then you set up again. Um, it's ridiculous. And I hate it. Yeah, and that's definitely. why this goal had to stand, you know? Yep, exactly. Do you think it? Uh, do you think it, the decision changes if it wasn't Fred that stepped on him, if it was a Arsenal player? Well, I think, well, you can potentially say it's a foul, can't you? Yeah. If it's an Arsenal player that does it. 
Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if VAR would have overturned that on review. I think they probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Stop this whole contract. But also, yeah, like, it's interesting. So I think De Gea needs to cop a bit for it as well. Fred's Fred's copping some for it as well. And I know people have their feelings about Fred as a player. We certainly do. He's frankly rubbish. Most of, <laughs> most of the time, he's rubbish. Um, well, there was just I'll but, cut you off quickly because yeah, there go. was a conversation. He performed well overnight against Palace. Uh, scored a banger of a goal. And already there's chat about now, perhaps Fred is, uh, should be deployed more advanced. Maybe the shackles that Ollie put on him as a holding midfielder isn't, uh, you know, isn't, you know, fruitful to his game. It doesn't, it doesn't exemplify exactly the, the good player that he is. Because he starts with Brazil. Like that's, um, he comes with decent pedigree. Yeah. And Brazil aren't fantastic though, either. No, that's true. If Rafinha is right. walking into a Brazil team and yeah. lighting it up. Yeah, there's... <laughs> now we're, we're heading down a different road there because I really rate Rafinha. But um, <laughs> De Gea there should, is rightfully copying it because I know it would have hurt a bit. You know, you take knocks. That this is, we talk about this a lot in football. Players get the slightest knock and it's just this way of just pretending you're injured. It's just like, I'm sure it does hurt, but can you not just push on for a bit? Like... De Gea going down there and just holding his leg without even worrying about where the ball is. Come on, man. That's that's pathetic, I think. You're a professional. Do your job. I'm sure it yep. did hurt a bit, but did it hurt that much that you couldn't keep an eye on the ball and you had to drop to ground straight away and just hold it and stay there? Like, he played the rest of the game. He's fine. He was Come fine, on. yeah. No, it's definitely on him. Just for the pure fact he doesn't even face the ball. He, he curls up into a little ball. Like He's yeah. not even looking. Yeah. Now, you still with me or have I lost you? Really trying of this time-wasting play-acting stuff is like to make a really drastic change, like start a, a stop clock for the game. And then every time a player hits the deck, you stop the clock and it actually has no, has no time effect. It still wrecks the momentum of an opposition team if they're attacking a goal, you know, a lot. But yeah, that, that would be the way that you'd, you'd fix it. Although we're seeing games with 10 plus minutes added on all the time now. So it's not out of this realm. I take your point someone, there, but I did uh, yeah. we did miss the first bit there. We had a bit of had a bit of a cut out. Freeze up, yeah, freezed <laughs> up, and I lost you. Um, you wanted to talk about the penalty, Fred. I did, and, I did. and I feel like this <clears throat> could be a little divisive. Uh, here we go. I've, I wonder. The more that I see it now, the less sure I am of my convictions. But it just it frustrates me so much that there was in that situation. There's only one player actually attempting to get the ball. Yeah, and you see it on the you see the VAR replay. I mean, initially the referee doesn't give it, so I think number one for me that's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah, because the referee is right on the spot. He has a perfect view of this. He sees all of it, maybe yep. obscured slightly by uh, Erdogan's sliding body uh, onto where the contact hits Fred. But for for me, it's just it's not a penalty because Fred steps into Erdogan, he's already committed to the challenge. And so he's gone looking for it and he's been rewarded. Um, I got into a little bit of a discussion with a, with a few Man U friends and they're, you know, they're convinced because Fred touches the ball that it, that it is a penalty, but he doesn't touch the ball until he's already being collected by Erdogan because he stepped in front of him. So I, I think, um, I think Erdogan wins the ball if Fred doesn't, step into him basically yeah potentially um i don't have i'm not too <laughs> worried about it being a penalty i think the whole the whole footballing world seems to be pretty on board with it being a pen they think it's pretty stone wall but yeah. i i it probably is based on how we know penalties to be but i think the rules maybe need a tweak i just um I had this discussion with a man you made of mine about how no problems it being a pen in this day and age. That's how mm. they give them. Uh, I was more annoyed at Erdegaard's stupidity of sliding in like that. It felt a bit Lucas Neal spec to me, but still <laughs> the biggest frustration is that like you said, players do this thing all the time where they go into the box and they actually deviate away from the ball and they move their path in front of a defender who is actually going for the ball rather than 
continuing on their like natural progression towards where the ball is mm, yeah. and draw the contact like that. And I just don't think that should be a foul if you're not playing at the ball, you're deviating. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. It's probably uh tweaking of the rules need to happen there. Like, which would see incidents like that where Fred just sticks his leg out to one side so to make sure he is contacted. Because, yeah, when you look at it from in front, Erdegaard is not sliding where Fred is. He's no. on the side of him. He's trying to cut And the ball he just out. Sticks, yeah. sticks the leg in front. It's clever because obviously he sees the, the challenge coming. And we all know that um, the way the ref, the way the game is called these days, it's always going to be a penalty. I knew as soon as mm. I went to VAR, it was going to be a penalty. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see it tweaked because that's when I mentioned differentiation earlier in refer, um, referring to the Marco Royce one, where Marco Royce is definitely running at the ball straight at it when the defender kind of comes in and his is more from behind too. But he's not, Royce isn't deviating from his path towards the ball. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm not too upset. Doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, I'm not too upset. It's just that thing. I'd rather watch, like, again, as you say, we watch more games as neutrals than we do as fans. I would rather see a game where both players are, are going for the ball in, in the yep. box rather than one looking for a foul and the other one. It's the same as the, like, people going down in the box thing. It's like, I just want to see more. I want to see football. less shithousery like yeah. that. I just want to see two teams battle it out and play football against each other without the... The little, the little gamesmanship things, you know. So mm. there are some that would argue that's what makes the game. Yeah, they would for them yeah. as well. But well, they can start their own fucking podcast and say it on yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, please at us, uh, football gmail.com. Uh, tell us, us why know. we're wrong. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> message and tell us why we're wrong, please. <laughs> I have a feeling I'll get a few messages from this one. I hope so. <laughs> it, it always just seems like I'm trying to discount a, a Manchester United penalty but it's 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 not exactly that it's you know yeah. I'd, yeah it's that kind of gamesmanship that upsets me and the inconsistency of calling penalties as well I, i'm just i fall back to my default position abolish the penalty and you won't see this kind of shit outsery in the box there needs to be a replacement for it though there needs to be another way all right yeah. we'll move on to there was another big game last week the merseyside derby uh, ended up being a bit of a fizzer in the end as liverpool absolutely romped it in but they were very impressive Everton were absolutely horrible, except for that little patch where they did manage one goal to bring it back. Um, mm, they responded well early. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they responded to going two 0 down, but Liverpool just completely dominant. Salah does what he wants. Uh, another, another good win there. Yeah, there's not much more to say about Liverpool. They are a slick, refined unit, and even when they're not playing well, like we saw against Wolves on the weekend, they're still finding clutch goals somehow. This was a much more comprehensive victory. It makes, I was watching it and it made me wonder, is the Merseyside derby as good a derby as it was 10 years ago? I don't think so. And I'm not sure that it... I mean, obviously Everton's poor form at the moment plays into that fact. But just having, you know, Rafa at the helm, I just I felt like there should have been more story. There should have been more build-up. Mm. There should have been more narrative behind it. But it just it was really lacking during the week. I didn't really realise it was on until the day of yeah it seems one of those ones outside of outside of the city itself and unless you are a liverpool or a, an everton fan you're not entirely intrigued to watch a merseyside derby i was because i'm a psychopath like neutral football fan when i watch games <laughs> i will watch i will watch any football game as a neutral so i see merseyside derby and i'm like oh yeah i'm in it's um, gonna be great <laughs> but you know fans of other clubs maybe not not so much the same it doesn't have the appeal that it maybe should. It's just not as red hot as it used to be either. There's not as many tasty challenges. Yeah. That could be more a reflection on the modern game where you just cannot challenge someone with yeah. any sort of ferocity without getting booked anymore. Yeah. Um, which we saw in the Leeds game, funnily enough, that crisp, clean tackle on Tyler Roberts and he's, he's booked for it. You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Keep I it am in. jumping Keep ahead. I am jumping ahead. Um, but this, you know, Liverpool are and unstoppable force right now. And the only thing that's going to do them in is African Cup of Nations. <laughs> yeah, potentially. On the other hand, Everton are completely deplorable. Like, Aren't they? Jim Beglin in the coverage was saying that they're in crisis mode pretty much. Like, 
Rafa Benitez has been given a pile of crap here. Um, it they has are been, not, yeah. No money. Players like Alan, who are meant to be, take them to that next step. Uh, they got him in from Napoli. Like, no surprises. Napoli replaced Alan with a guy called Fabian Ruiz, who is an excellent midfielder, and Napoli looked to be soaring. And Everton have got Alan, who, I don't know, he just kind of was runs about a lot, doesn't do a whole heap for the team. I don't know. It just They just look horrible to watch. You can't really take yeah, anything out of them. At, yeah, Alan is lost in there. Like, Rafa doesn't know how to play him properly, I don't think. Because it's, it's a guy with sublime skill and great technical ability. Oh, I'm not convinced. Uh, no. You're not convinced? He's no, the I former, think Rafa would know how to use him. He's a holding midfielder, like, flat out. He's the former pretty... Barca guy, right? No. No, I'm thinking of a different one, so. maybe. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, when you look at their... We mentioned it in the, in the preview pod. When you looked at their big signings this season, Townsend and... Uh, Damari yep. Gray, who did score in this game. It's just, it's not enough. They're not going to win the Everton Cup. They're going to do well to, <laughs> they're going to do well to finish above 15th this season. I think they're eight without a win now. They're just sliding. And I, I, I don't yep. know that a change of manager is going to fix it for them. They could be, you know, because they're one of the original clubs, aren't they? They're one of those clubs that have never been relegated, right? Yeah, them and Arsenal have never been relegated from the top flight, I think. Yeah, I two. don't. I don't believe that they'll get relegated because the bottom three are just yep. woeful. Um, but still, yeah, they're not they're not fun to watch. One as a neutral, and two, I can only imagine how upsetting it would be to go to Goodison Park at the moment and watch that that dross that's being served up. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it moving. So we'll move on to the games from this weekend. We've only got a few to talk about. Uh, we'll start with Chelsea West Ham because that was an absolute cracker. Cracker, exactly how I thought. Um, these early games have, you know, for the last month or so have really turned up and it's been great to see. Did not have West Ham winning this whatsoever. Nope. Um, which maybe that's probably my personal bias because for so long I've been watching West Ham and just scratching my head thinking, why are they so good? It doesn't make any sense. They're just, you know, they're not a team of superstars and they're not managed by, uh, you know, someone with, and probably wrongfully so, but they're not managed by someone with a huge name or someone that has like yep. a footballing philosophy kind of thing. But or certainly doesn't have that... one attached to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But he clearly does, Moyes, because this is such a rock solid unit. Yeah, he's got four players up front that complement each other. Um, Mikel Antonio is he is just the key pillar of this team. His defensive effort up front, the way he can hold it up or the way that he can go beyond defenders, they are when he plays, they are very difficult to play against. And Chelsea came undone. I, you know, they're a little bit out of form at the moment. They weren't great in the win against Watford previously. And, you know, they're suffering from some injuries. You know, Havertz went down in this game. Lukaku hasn't fit the mould yet. I don't know why. Uh, maybe he needs just an uninterrupted well, period of injured. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he did not look great when he came on either. Um, but for Chelsea, you know, this is a setback for them because City go top for the first time this season. Um, yeah. They they are behind Liverpool in the table. Well, it's probably not going to matter too much in the long run, I'd say. But all credit to West Ham. I think they fully deserve the three points here. Yeah, they do. Um Question marks over how much luck they got with uh, the Chelsea making a mistake to give away the penalty, and then that mm-hmm. that at the end of that is that like a cross that just goes in. He's not. Uh, in, he's not intending it, that. Don't say it. Don't say it. Is Don't it a? It. <laughs> the Guardian um, described it as a fluke, which in their headline, which really upset a lot of West Ham fans. I look Come at on, it. Be on it. Like we're not taking any away. No, we're not taking anything away from West Ham winning by saying it's a fluke. It is a fluke, but you know, you don't think he meant it. The way the ball, so. the way the ball rips back. <laughs> I mean, he's hit that purposefully. He looks at the keeper off his line as well. The keeper's anticipating the cross. I don't know. You put you put the pressure on. You smack balls into the box. Smack things towards goal. Sometimes you get luck goes your way. You need yeah. a bit of that. So it's luck, not taking anything away from West Ham to say it was a fluke. Um, but still, brilliant for was, them. Just yeah. a little starter for Chelsea. Some brilliant goals in this one, though, I'll tell you. Game of good goals, yeah. Mason Mount's finish was just sublime. Yep. That's Bowen's. such a hard volley to control. Yeah, Bowens is really nice. 
off of the one-two with Antonio, who did exactly what we were just talking about, wins yep. the header and then flicks it back into Bowen's feet as well. Great finish. Um, Lanzini's penalty is really nice. This was just a fun game to watch. Really enjoyable. Yeah. All right. At risk of absolutely uh, setting you loose and letting you talk for the next six <laughs> hours, you and I both had an eye on the... Uh, you would have had both eyes on it, but I had one because I was watching Italian League as well. But Leeds and Brentford, uh, oh. two-all draw at Ellen Road. Uh, go on, hit us with it. What do you got? What do you got for good, your boys? Man. Feels good. We um, it was good to draw with Brentford. Yeah, and well, do- that doesn't feel good. That's you know when you see when you see Brentford at home, you think, well, that should be three points. And at halftime, I was convinced I had Leeds Brentford under two point five in my multi, and I was more worried that Leeds were going to score three to bust my multi, not to, yep. not for that second half stanza where Brentford really turned it on. It's just the same old story with Leeds at the moment. We can't keep the same 11 guys on the pitch every week. Yep. And Coop, Cooper goes down injured, comes off, which probably helped the team the way Bielsa made that change, brought Harrison on, made a, an attacking change, um, which tilted the game in our favor. And then KP goes down and that is, that, that's where it really goes that's, to shit. That's the end of it. That's the end Pretty of much the lead. So, dis- so disorganized. He's the most important player in that squad, Calvin Phillips, by miles. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Rafinha is the best player, but KP is the best player, but KP is yeah. the most important, I think. He's absolutely integral to us. Um, and so, yeah, that's that was a shame. But, you know, for Bamford to come on, who's another one that we haven't been able to play really much this season because he's been injured and to, to snatch an, an injury time equalizer like that. The third, Leeds have scored eight goals. Uh, in their previous games, and three of them have come in second half stoppage time. Yeah, and so there's been a bit of bit of smashing grab uh, for Leeds this season. Just more upsetting we didn't win because it would have put Leeds safely mid table, um, whereas now still kind of precarious in in fifteenth, six points yep. ahead of the drop. Got to say, I'm enjoying the relegation battle. This is something new for me. Uh, last time we got relegated, I was like six, seven, eight years old, however old, and it was pretty um, emphatic. Yeah, pretty emphatic. Um, but this is this is fun. This is kind of fun. Uh, there's a lot of fans <laughs> that I think have this forward projection with Leeds and they're looking at it like, okay, we finished ninth last season. We had to build on that. We've got to keep getting better every season. But it's like you kind of miss the moments along the way. Mm, the yeah. stoppage time pen against Palace, this equalizer. Like, this is great, man. I, I don't know. Like, energize. Reading through the uh, Night Shift Football WhatsApp last night, I get the feeling you uh, weren't you're not so much having having a lot of fun. It's a roller coaster of emotions during the There's game. Lots of Let me tell like you that. One word posts every 10 seconds like fuck. <laughs> what the hell? Bambi. It was, yeah, Bambi. It was more more because we were so in control and just threw it away. And then it was the frustration of the fact of the injuries and you yeah. know, we should be winning this game but you wake up the next morning and you kind of feel buoyed by the fact that you haven't lost and so yeah, that, that's, that's what's nice. keeping me going at the moment. Nice feeling, yeah. I Take need what that you can get out of it. Take exactly. what you can get out of it. Yeah. Considering Leeds now play Chelsea, Arsenal, City, Liverpool in the next two weeks, I'm going to have to enjoy that. Yeah, enjoy it. You might scab one of those games anyway, so we'll see. Um, Leeds Chelsea. and Brentford, I don't really know what to make of either of those two teams at the moment. Like Brentford uh, seem, I don't know, they're pretty up and down. Uh, for Leeds, just... Watching them last night seemed like a bit of a rab- bit of a directionless kind of. I think in our group I referred to them as a shit PSG, <laughs> in the in the sense that they looked like they had far away. <laughs> they didn't seem to have much structure at all. I know that's the Bielsa way to have lots of players running about, but sometimes when it's not working, it can look very very bad. Um, mm. And it was like that in phases last night, but then. Obviously, good enough to get two goals and eventually get the win. a bit of class shining through with Rafinha and Bamford jumping on. So yeah, no, it's great delivery. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of moments in that game where there was we were two one down and they had three attackers onto two defenders and one of the defenders was a central midfielder. So it is yeah. a bit of a rabble watching Leeds. Like I said, roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> um. We're just a quick mention for uh Newcastle because we've just we? my microphone there. We've slagged them off heaps lately, Newcastle. <laughs> Um, but we thought yeah. we did. I penciled them in this week to get a mention just because they did get a win. And it's a win that I think they've probably been on the verge of for a while and they've been a bit unlucky. They got a bit of luck here with this one, but they probably deserve it. 
Yeah, they did. They did. Um, you go into a game against, was it against Norwich? Oh, no, Burnley. It was against Burnley. Yeah. You go into a game against Burnley and you think, yeah, really need to take three points out of this one if we're going to do anything. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a calamitous goal. It, was, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it wasn't through any kind of invention, um, goalkeeper error, but Wilson stucks it away, uh, tucks it away. Yeah, go to Newcastle. It's good to see the, um, the investment fund tweet about the victory as well. <laughs> um, they're keeping a keen eye on their investment. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of blowback online about them celebrating the win as if they'd won the league. But come on, when you go First fourteen without, yeah, yeah you, have to, slack. you have to be up and about and get amongst it. I would You'd exactly. absolutely send it. So, now nah, good yeah. on them. Deserved win. Uh, hearts in mouths with maybe I think it was about seven minutes to go when. Jay Rodriguez put it in the net, but it was offside. The flag went up straight away. And three points for Newcastle. There we go. That'll probably do for our uh, English football. Uh, we'll just, we, you wanted to have a little quick chat. We absolutely ranted about PSG last week, but just quickly, Lons and PSG, another, another one all draw. But it looks like in France, like we said, the other teams aren't good enough to chase them down anyway because Marseille lost at home and yeah, there were some other poor results. So, um, yeah, true. It, yeah. it just looks like they can slip up and they can be bang average most weeks, PSG, and they're going to get points and no one's yep. going to catch up to them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, another late, late, late equalizer here. Gigi Wijnaldum. I think it was his first goal for the club. So yeah, good for him. Um, just, <laughs> I know you enjoyed this bloody lens sticking one in the, uh, in the net while Messi was down. <laughs> yeah. Well, Messi was down and PSG just stopped playing and, <laughs> Fofana went and it just absolutely smoked one from long range and Navas made a horrible error and dropped it in the net. So Lenz got a goal. Lenz uh, probably deserved the win anyway. They absolutely obliterated them. They had chance after chance after chance. Um, PSG just kind of held on. Got lucky really that Lenz uh, didn't have the quality to put them away and then snagged the late equalizer, like you said. Do you have any other notes on that one? Or we... No, just that Lons are having a really good season. Like yeah. they're up in, up in the Europa spots at the moment. So uh, good luck to them. Good luck yeah. to any French side that comes up against PSG this season. You're playing against more than <laughs> more than a footballing team, really. Yeah. Uh, random piece of uh, footy chat, but uh, RC Lens, their stadium used to be on FIFA back in the day. The Felix Bollet. It's a just a big giant like rugby ground. Um, and they absolutely they absolutely packed the thing in. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that it was on FIFA 03 and I loved it. There you go. You know, back in the day, uh, what game was it on? I don't know which FIFA maybe it was a bit later where you could make your own club and stuff. You could just like pick a stadium. I would always pick mm-hmm. to play in that stadium because I just thought it was cool. Just looked nice. cool. What, there you go. Was it that was it the actual name of the stadium or was it like um was it just like a, a placeholder stadium? You know how you can pick all those random ones that are like modeled on real ones? Oh, yeah. No, no. It's this actual one. Yeah. The actual one. There you go. You yeah. are a little bit of a little bit of a stadium fanatic. I'm a bit of a stadium geek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stade Bolliard like de la Lys. It is now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but yeah, same stadium. It's always been there. Um, yeah, it's a cracker. It's, it's just a nice old rectangle thing with four grandstands one at each one on each side and just i just love it i just love it i don't know what on the bucket list yeah Have there we go attend. um they create an absolutely pumping atmosphere in there as well that's why i'm looking forward to fans properly coming back in those european leagues across the even the dortmund crowd was a, it just it didn't quite feel well, right they've, they've still got pretty big restrictions there but yeah. france there's just like a, it's just a go for it at the moment it seems there's just packing out mm. the only the only like times there hasn't been like uh saint etienne last week with their stadium being half empty was because of uh you know <laughs> crowd troubles and things previously alluded to crowd troubles yes <laughs> yeah so uh that's all we've got for that we'll just you wanted to quickly do another italian go after the event how of the week. good is this italian first division right now um udinese and lazio played out the most entertaining 4-4 draw you will probably see this season uh, red cards galore, fight backs, uh, you know, 110th minute equalizers. This game had every, if you're going to go back and watch your game start to finish from the previous week, this would be the one that I would recommend wholeheartedly. Yeah. Four all draw at the Stade Olimpico. Uh, Lazio going 2 0 <laughs> down, 2 0 down to Udinese. They got pumped 
the weekend on the the weekend before as well, four 0 by Lazio, uh, Napoli. Sorry, they are Lazio. Yeah. Got pumped by Napoli, um, and then this one they went two 0 down, got one back, then they were three one down, came back to lead four three, and then like you said, they conceded an absolute cracker in like the one hundredth minute <laughs> for there to be a point. And the funniest part is there's still like I think there's still like travel restrictions and things in Italy. So while there is like away fans at some games, there's others where there isn't. So okay. there was there was Depends no the there was no Udinese fans at the game. Oh. So when they equalized, oh. it was just this weird silence. And the coverage we get, <laughs> they don't have they don't have heaps of microphones around, so you couldn't really hear anything. It was just the commentator, and yep. you could just see the, the players yelling, and that was about it. And then there was a bit of a scuffle on the sideline because. Lazio got salty about how they were celebrating and blah blah blah. Oh, just give it a rest. Salty Lazio, but yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah, be salty about crack again. You clawed your way back from three one down to four three up. They're just they're having a rough time at the moment, Lazio. That's all, and it's kind of it's taking them out of whatever challenge they might have been able to have for the Champions League spots. They probably weren't going to be able to anyway, but now they're definitely you know shipping yeah, away. Definitely sign yeah. out. It's because the competitiveness of this league is. It's too high right now. They'd, yeah, everyone's taking points off each other. Yeah, so it was just we we're just going to quickly mention the because we've we've done a lot of Italian rap lately. But going into this week, Napoli finally went outright clear on top after Milan dropped points two games in a row, and then by the end of the week, Napoli are now third with Milan top and Inter second. So it's all over the place, and it's great to watch. Yep. Yep. Proper. Like this is what a proper first division should be, where there's you know four, five, six teams that could realistically win it at this point. Yeah. Because even the one we didn't mention, Atalanta, have been getting good results as well. So. Well, yeah, they knocked off Napoli this week away from home after yeah, knocking off Juve, Juve away as well. Um, they just keep stringing the big games together. Yeah, and uh, you had a good weekend in Italy, picking some results. Yeah, I didn't have all the games in my multi, but of the of the eight games, Saturday and Sunday night, uh, I believe there was four each night. I picked seven out of eight results. Like and that's, who would win? Like is, if yeah. we, if it was a tipping comp and you were tipping who would win or draw? Uh, yeah, seven out of eight. The only one I didn't get was Sassuolo. They drew two all. They were two 0 down. Drew two all. Yeah. Yep. Um, what what happened in the Venezia game? Were they? 3-0 up. 3-0 Venezia. Up. Venezia were 3-0 up against Hellas Verona. <laughs> yeah. They then got a red card at the start of the second half, and Verona scored four goals and won 4-3. Amazing. That's, that's a derby too, that one, I think, So as well. The Verona, Verona and Venezia. So that was pretty it's heated. Definitely, but yeah. the, the league is definitely shaking its boring defensive mentality that it kind of, that it, you know, uh, maybe unfairly, but definitely during the noughties and a little bit beyond that, that's how people refer to Italy. Yeah, I think that's something that's lingered over it. But I've been watching it for quite a few years now, since especially since being sport were able to secure the rights and get coverage of it. I've pretty much I've watched it every season, and it's been excellent. Um, so I don't know. It, it lingers, I think, because of the. The national team obviously had this reputation of the, you know, the one nil wins, scoring and parking the bus, and just basically uh, the attitude that if you don't concede, you can't lose the game. Yeah. But I think that's always been an unfair attachment to the league itself. When you look at all the the stars in the league, often as much as they have the Italian stars as well, they've had stars from like Brazil and the Netherlands and things across the years, like the nineties. You look at like having like Van Basten and. Rijkaard and players like that um, through to like Ronaldinho and Ronaldo, um, Kaka over the years. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Pavel Nedved attacking like just playmakers and creators, lots of goals. Yeah. So you can go further back and say Maradona. Yeah, you're right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It just lingers, I think, because of the national team. But sometimes you do watch games that seem a bit slow or whatever, but doesn't every league? Every league has them. Oh, definitely. Every league has a Newcastle versus Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up this week? Uh, no, I reckon that'll do it. That's a pretty comprehensive uh, look at the weekend's action. Oh, I just had just had one more, actually. Back back sure. to Australia. Back to Australia. 
Uh, Sydney FC were awarded uh, the best Australasian club side of any sporting team. And so the last few mm. years, it's been Melbourne Storm. And I think, uh, I can't remember who the previous winners before that, but it, it's cross-code award. I just thought it was an interesting award to give them the season that they didn't win anything. <laughs> yeah, after all the winning they have done. Yeah, the, four years. Why is of this even a thing? Sorry, why is this? This is an odd. It's an odd award, isn't it? I just, yeah, there's awards for fucking everything at the moment. <laughs> Hence, why you don't need to get upset about the Ballon d'Or. Thank you. That was a great read. That's uh, the you know the still the Jorginho thing upsets me. Um, it's never not going to upset me. It is such a prestigious, Fair. highly revered award. Um, but you can tell that it's just someone posted a funny article about it, saying that if you could only win the award once, uh, what what would the last ten years have looked like? And that actually looked like I a way that, yeah. that like a way fairer reflection of world football over the last ten years than is just constantly fairer? giving it to these two. Maybe, maybe I think you could make a case every every but year it, for the is guys. Is it not that fair to give it to the best player every year? And if the best uh, player every year is Messi or Ronaldo, then that's how it is. I think, like you mentioned in the article, and I'd say it's unfair to award it to someone who's, but you know, when you drill down into it, a lot of the time Messi wins is because he has that South American voting block of journalists that uh, throw their weight behind him. Um, but I think there's some seasons you could argue that he hasn't been. I guess, yeah, when you are the best, are you compared against everyone else, or are you compared against your previous best performance? So Messi in 2012 was untouchable, but Messi in 2021 isn't. And so isn't, is but, he is still, still, yeah. but is still the best. I don't know. You can make the argument for five different players, I would have said exactly. over the last yeah. year. Yeah. When you look at the numbers, you know, like I said in the article I wrote, uh, don't really have a problem with Messi winning it. It's mm. just like it's just that's just one way it could go. When you look at the numbers between him and Lewandowski, Messi is just as deserving. Uh, it could have gone either way, so it doesn't. People just don't need to get upset about it, really. One less thing to get mad about, I think, in this world. Yeah. We can leave that one alone. Yep. All right. Shall we wrap it there? Yeah. Good week. Cannot yeah, wait we'll for Saturday. It. Yeah. More to come. We're trying to, we're working on doing some more stuff for the A League because, uh, yeah, we want to get, we want to get more involved with some uh, Adelaide United stuff. So stay yep, tuned. Bread and butter. Stay tuned. Uh, now that we should hopefully be able to attend some games together. Um, <laughs> we might be able to get involved in a bit more, bit more Adelaide United chat. So stay tuned for that. Keep getting around us. Cheers. Yep. And who knows if we win on the weekend, maybe there'll be another drunken post Melbourne celebration pod. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I'll take my mic to the stands. <laughs> Bye.